You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friends. Hey, friend. Hey, new intro. Hey. <laughs> just a little just a little switcheroo for yeah. you. Who noticed? We're kind of we're kind of mixing it up. Uh-huh. We are recording in broad daylight. Oh yeah. It is midday. We are caffeinated. Yeah, we are. We are ready rested. to go. We did not just wrestle children into bed nope. and are worried that they might wake up at any moment. Nope. We don't smell like broccoli from our dinner. <laughs> no, no. My house smelled very pleasant, hopefully. So yeah, anyway, since we are kind of switching to mostly daytime uh-huh. recording... We were not sure how often we would be having a cocktail. Yeah. I mean, once in a while certainly it may call sometimes. for it. Yes. Certainly sometimes. Split a cocktail. But something. yeah, we always want to have a beverage. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll more likely be iced tea or lemonade mm-hmm. or something new or sometimes a snack. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we're still going to gather over some sort of yeah. treat and we'll exactly. let you know what we're having mm-hmm. in case you need an idea for yep. having a girlfriend over. Because mm-hmm. food and drink just gather people together. Neighborly. But yeah. But yeah, it may not always be the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So today we do have a bit more of a serious topic. Um, I want to talk about how we each deal with getting through tough times in life. Those periods that are harder than everyday stress, and that might last for several weeks or longer. We'll talk about what the tough seasons have been for each of us and what we've been through, what we've learned from the experiences and how to support others going through tough times. But first, let's get our snack on. All right, I've got, I promise I'm not trying to commandeer this into a Trader Joe's podcast, okay? <laughs> That's a separate podcast, exactly. <laughs> I know we've been talking about Trader Joe's a lot, but a good friend at um, at my job that I just left gifted me this amazing bag of Trader Joe's goodies. She and I, I always it. talked about Trader Joe's uh-huh. together. So as my parting gift, she gave me this bag of all her favorite things at Trader Joe's. So cute. And one of them I'd never had before. It is their blueberry vanilla chevre goat cheese. Ooh, so it's the fancy. fresh log of goat cheese uh-huh. has a vanilla flavor. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's there like is sorcery. Sorry, friends. <laughs> there's, there's, there's my lawn guy. He's like directly outside of the window where we're recording like a part of the show right now, blowing leaves. <laughs> he almost is sitting at the I, table. Like we could reach out the window and, and give hand, him, hand him a, a cracker. cracker with cheese. Probably would be very nice. <laughs> and if he can see inside, I'm sure he's wondering what the heck we're yeah, doing. He'd be hanging out for a while, like wondering what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, so it's just right up against the window. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to figure out when our lawn people yeah, come. Yeah, we'll have to coordinate around all of these that. daytime, you know, <laughs> obstacles that who we knows, never realized. Who knows what else the crop might be like? Amazon deliveries? Yeah. It could be real exciting. Who knows? Okay, so anyway, I have, uh, so anyway, it's this uh, fresh goat cheese with a vanilla flavoring, which is genius. And then it's covered in these kind of like, they're not dehydrated, but kind of like, preserved or something blueberries it's a really pretty color it's very pretty she said she always serves this when she has people over it's always a hit so i've got it just on the plain water crackers i love it all right cheers cheers (laughs) this is going to require more goat or um more crunching Mm. probably than our usual sipping okay now this is the other thing i noticed you popped the whole thing in your mouth which i sure did was a good idea because I feel like this is a blueberry situation. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you bite into this without getting blueberry teeth? Yeah, I just got to put gonna the go whole for thing okay. in your mouth. Yeah. You go for it. You get mm-hmm. the cracker, the creaminess. It's mm-hmm. sweet. Oh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be one of my indulgent 
indulgent mm. snacks. I really like it. Yeah. So that's probably going to make appearances mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the next time I'm hosting. I like the sweetness. It would be really good for like brunch. You know how you need yes. like more savory, sweet things for brunch? Sweet, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let you finish that. We'll, and then we'll get on. It was a big cracker. Do you want me to serve you more <laughs> sticky snacks while we podcast? <laughs> get as much stuck in your teeth as possible. <laughs> and today I have a scoop of peanut butter for you. <laughs> okay. So this will make for some entertaining crunchy noises, friends. You sure like it. Will. You like when we do that. You We've, like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about some of the tough seasons that you have been through in life. What stands okay. out to you? Um, three stand out in particular. Okay. Definitely my first year of teaching, mm-hmm. which also happened to be my first year of marriage. Okay. And that's this a, was that's in, a fun time. Yeah. A lot of big changes. So that just that's yeah, that, that stands out as just like exhausting and yeah, life just felt a little bit upside down mm-hmm. and And were you living together for the first time too, or had you been living yes. together? Yes. Yeah. We, I guess we had been, by the time I got my first teaching job, maybe six months. Okay. We were married yeah. maybe six months. So, that is new. yeah, it was still all just very, yeah, very new and very, yeah, adjusting to life together. And mm-hmm. um, and then a very tough last year of teaching. Yeah. <laughs> and the, just as, as I think of times that just felt like I was wrung out mm-hmm. and really felt like every day was like something's got to give, Yeah, you know, that was, mm-hmm. those were the times. And then our adoption mm-hmm. journey recently mm-hmm. definitely takes the cake over those two yeah. things, but just, um, how long, yeah. how long was that time period of the like adoption <sighs> difficulty? Um, well, it was like three and a half years altogether mm-hmm. from the time we started classes to get certified to adopt until it was finalized Mm -hmm. so it's a long time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and definitely different flavors of stress along the way Uh um just the anticipation and grieving over infertility and whatever and all of the stress of like the paperwork and leading up Mm -hmm. to that but then nothing compared to like when we had the girls and Mm -hmm. adjusting to new parenthood to then Mm -hmm. everything going insane with the court case and whatever and so yeah just yeah, that definitely takes the cake. Mm-hmm. And I know I've talked about it a lot here on the show, but maybe a little different perspective on it today. Yeah. yeah. In the in those other instances, your first and last year of teaching, I guess because something something and we kind of talked about this on a related show, kind of a companion show taking the temperature mm-hmm. of your life, mm-hmm. but do you feel like it took you a while to yes. figure out that you were unhappy yes. at all? Like was that an aspect? Yeah. I think that's what um I definitely think that's the benefit of going through tough times is uh-huh. you learn uh, kind of those red flags mm-hmm. of like, I'm not okay. This yeah. is not okay. This is not right. normal amounts of stress. Mm-hmm. I either need to change the way I'm approaching something or I need help yeah. or I need to, or this needs to go away. Right. Like <laughs> what be, a, you it know, can be really hard a to combination. Recognize. So I, yeah, I think that that was a big part of the stress of the first year teaching in particular is just like, whoa, this is what I've always wanted to do. And like, right. I'm kind of really hating hard. this now and I I can't sort out what is just the stress of like, f- you know, mm-hmm. figuring this out Being new. And, and, you know, luckily we'll talk about this a little bit, but people in your same boat, people that have been there and, mm-hmm. and most people can attest to the fact that like teaching in general mm-hmm. is real hard for the mm-hmm. first couple of years till you mm-hmm. figure out what you're doing. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that, that's a, it's a hard thing to sort out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see a few a few stand out to me too, just kind of from, it feels like my adult life since I finished graduate school and started working. Um, 
I was at two different jobs. My my very first job out of graduate school when I moved out here. Mm-hmm. So brand new, moving out here, mm-hmm. moving in with Chris. We had been long distance for it's a lot of changes too. A lot of changes. Um, and started working at an environmental consulting firm, and I was so unhappy. Yeah. And it, and same thing where it's your first job. This is what you've been mm-hmm. working for, and having never worked in you know a professional job before, you just you don't really quite know what to expect, mm-hmm. and so just, you know, trying to figure out, is this just an aspect of me getting used to it? Do mm-hmm. I need to um, have a different attitude about it? Mm-hmm. Or is this just not Does a this great suck? job? Yeah, for exactly. So um, <laughs> that job, I did end up finding another job, went to another job, and it was better in some aspects. But then slowly, I realized I was also really unhappy there yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was like a four year period where yeah. I just really did not enjoy my jobs and I'm the kind of person I love to enjoy my work Mm -hmm. and I want to put myself into it so and I feel like you easily do enjoy your work like Mm. you will find the best in most right right work situations (laughs) and so that had to be really hard yeah it was it was really really hard so so both of those and and then after that I got the job at ASU and that just felt so different it was like oh okay Mm -hmm. that's just a good fit almost one of the reasons why I think I love that job so much because I had those bad jobs to compare it to um Another time that stands out to me was returning to work after maternity leave with Dash. Yeah. And it was it was such a mixed bag. And in some ways, you know, there Chris, you know, told me, okay, we have options. If if you just really don't feel like you want to go back to work, we will figure it out. But mm-hmm. I I thought, no, no, like I really did enjoy my job. I really do want to work. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I was just I got to find a way to not get, get out. It, yeah. it wasn't like I was just so unhappy, but I think it was just felt like the rug had pulled, pulled out from underneath yes. me. All the routine, nothing felt normal anymore right. on top of we were not sleeping, figuring mm. out how to so much mother sleeping. a baby, mm-hmm. like pumping. Um, just, yeah, just felt like everything was in upheaval right. and I like routine and predictability yes. yeah. and I just had none of that. And so so it wasn't actually even so much the job, but I think it was just the fact that I had this big responsibility yeah. and this big time commitment amidst all of just new mom mm-hmm. difficulties and stuff. Um, another one uh, was in the spring of 2015, and that was when Cedric was a new little baby. But mm-hmm. that for me, but returning back to work wasn't um, wasn't really as hard. I had mm-hmm. done it before, and and you know had longer at my job and mm-hmm. kind of knew that I still wanted to be there and everything. Um, but what was going on during that time? So this was the, honestly, I refer to it kind of as the dark time. Um, <laughs> Dash was waking up for the day at 4 a.m. and sometimes 3. It was literally the dark time. It literally <laughs> it was, was always in dark. the dark time. He wanted to be up for the day. Oh. And we just had, we had no tools. Yeah. We, we had, we had no idea what to do. Yeah. Um, and so that wasn't getting any better on top of then, of course, Cedric was up during the night as a newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember Chris was pretty stressed at his job during that time. It was probably a combination of not getting enough sleep right. makes everything stressful. Right. And then, yeah, just being super busy and, mm-hmm. you know, I guess just trying to handle now we have two little mm-hmm. kids and working full time. So I just remember he was kind of stressed out. Um, also during that time, Cedric was three months old. Um, and you probably remember mm-hmm. this, but 
I went in for just uh, like a routine checkup or maybe he had a little cold or something. And then just as we were like wrapping up the appointment, I said, oh yeah. And I want you to just kind of look at this other thing. I'm going to be kind of vague just like for his privacy, but this very mild symptom that I really wasn't concerned about. Mm -hmm. And she looked at it and she said, oh, okay. Um, this, this kind of looks to me like something like this. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to Google it. And I want you, I don't want you to worry, but I want you to go right away to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Okay. Just neither (laughs) one of those things are actually possible (laughs) to not Google it. Right. And to not worry. (laughs) And actually I, I did resist Googling it. I'm pretty good at following directions. (laughs) As you know. That's true. Give me a direction. Um, So anyway, what, what ended up happening, um, and I I wasn't just like totally freaked out at that point, but I did take him to the hospital and we ended up just spending about like 48  hours where they they didn't know what was wrong with him and the mm-hmm. symptoms that he was presenting pointed to like a serious potentially right. terminal right. illness right. and he was three he was a baby a 3 month old baby so that just it ended up being fine right but it was you know three days of just feeling like you're living a parent's nearly worst nightmare yeah Yeah. um and just felt like it sort of turned our world upside down even though it resolved quickly and he's totally healthy and it your emotions don't recover from that yeah i feel like i just got some real gray hairs yeah Um, so that happened so that just kind of threw us for this big loop um I guess at the same time, uh, a, a friend of ours, not like a really close friend, but someone in our circle and that we felt connected to that was really important to us, uh, lost their their child in just mm-hmm. a tragic, unexpected, like freak accident. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was just like being, as a parent, I just feel like I always kind of keep those things a little bit behind a closed door. Right. Because you just, you, just you can't, can't go spend there every too day. much time right. thinking about it because right. there's only so much you can do to control and protect. And, um, and so I think being faced with that mm-hmm. and, and someone that's close enough mm-hmm. that just feeling that empathy, um, I just think for Chris and I, it just, um, yeah. And it, as fairly new parents yourself yes. and just having been through that with Cedric, Feeling that will... just the vulnerability, yeah. I felt like we were just floored by it. So, yeah. um, and I, I think during that time, I, I, this would have been the only time I would have ever had it, but I think I had a panic attack, yeah. just like all of those things going mm-hmm. on. I just suddenly had this tightness in my chest mm-hmm. that was just like, oh, the weight of the world mm-hmm. is on me. So Anyway, that was a particularly tough time just with mm-hmm. all of that going on. Um, and then I'll say also just this past year, probably this past nine months, um, I would say doesn't doesn't compare to those other tough times, mm-hmm. but just difficult in a way. Um, Chris was so busy at his job, like mm-hmm. I talked about. I've been ready to kind of right. do something different, right. but needing to keep things up still for several months. Yeah. So like... I can kind of see the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. but also it's sort of a long way away. Mm-hmm. And so just... That's just kind of that like low grade yeah, tension that yes. just after a while will really just wear on you exactly. of keeping those two things in balance. Right, and, right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So what helped you get through those challenging times and what did you learn from going through them? Okay. Um, so first of all, I think listening ears... Mm. Anybody who would just listen and looking back now, realizing how often I called certain people and just 
vomited Need words all over them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just not even realize thinking the conversation was probably more two sided than right. it was. But yeah. now looking back and comparing it to our conversations now, just mm-hmm. how amazing those people really were at listening. You were definitely one of those people. Mm-hmm. I would come I remember just like in the middle of the adoption stuff, just coming and like dropping my computer for <laughs> podcasting and starting with a good cry or, you mm-hmm. know, just talking through things with you. Um and people that both allowed me to be and would also be painfully honest with me. Mm. Both like I did not need the sugarcoating type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I needed people who would say that's really hard and that really sucks. And yeah. or sometimes pull it together. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I think you might be making that a little worse than it mm-hmm. needs to be. And I get it. But right. like. And kind of knowing which yeah. one you needed. Yeah. Maybe. And just that would also be really honest about like how brutal motherhood could be, mm-hmm. especially I think about it during that time. Yeah. Um, and just, I didn't need the people who, who everything came easy to cause yeah. nothing came easy right. to me in terms of becoming a mom. And so it just felt like a personal like offense mm-hmm. if people were like, Oh, that never bothered me. Right. Okay. Well, everything bothers me right, <laughs> right. now. So I needed right. to hear, um, even just one or two things from people here or there like, well, I remember like the one time they threw up all over the car and I just sat and cried. Like yeah. I didn't know what to do to, you know, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. that just helped me feel, um, less alone, yeah. I guess. And probably like your feelings are normal. And yeah. Like, and, and to help me, that really helped me sift through like, no, this is just becoming a new mom and that's hard. Right. Right. versus like no maybe here you're in mm-hmm. some dangerous territory for yourself yeah. like mental health wise right. or you you know this is an adoption related issue that mm-hmm. like maybe you need some more resources on mm-hmm. um and so yeah and then along with that i think i needed both people who would ride the emotional ride with me mm-hmm. like sometimes you need somebody to be mad with you mm. or sad with you yeah. and i needed people who would also wait on the ground for me to get off the ride Mm. like I needed Mm -hmm. both and Jeremiah was definitely a weight on the ground and Uh gotcha I will be here when you calm down right right but I needed to have people that I could call and they would get upset with me Mm. and then help me calm back down you know because otherwise it's just very isolating Uh um people in the same boat Mm -hmm. other like if I think about those teaching times for sure Mm -hmm. like other teachers were just you develop some really close relationships that are still super close relationships for me, like in the trenches, Mm -hmm. um, taking many breaks, Mm. like Like, just stepping outside of it physically, emotionally. mm -hmm. I remember, um, going through the adoption, having to take a break for a while from any adoption related, like blogs Mm -hmm. or Instagrammers that I followed Mm -hmm. where in, at some point those were huge resources for me and helpful. And there was just a time where I needed to like, once the kids were in bed, just completely shift gears, right? you know, and, and be really honest about needing to like fight for the things that made me feel normal. Mm -hmm. Even if that was like, I need you to take them out of the house so I can have my house to myself for like 20 minutes in quiet or, and just being really, um, and not that that didn't come with some, conflict but being really honest about those things Mm -hmm. from the beginning and don't be a hero Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I just I think I raised so many white flags like I can't I can't and to where I probably could have just like you know taken a little bit more of a I don't, I don't know what the word is, like been a little braver about mm. certain things and realizing like you're stronger than you think you are. Mm. But I, I do, something I am proud of is that I just, I did not hesitate to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So I that's think that's really super good. important. Yeah. Um, do you want me to keep going with more things that helped? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep it going. Uh, writing, reading, mm-hmm. again, just like 
writing definitely helps me process. Reading helps me feel less alone. Mm -hmm. Like just reading other people's stories is super powerful. Mm -hmm. Or escaping into a totally different world. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jeremiah and just like having a supportive spouse. Mm -hmm. And if that's not that relationship for you, working to make it that way, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I think is so important. And then like looking for good things, especially mm-hmm. like the little things. Yeah. I think Instagram really helped me with mm-hmm. that. I think mm-hmm. this doing this show helped with that. Um, like little things like doing the girl's hair mm-hmm. and dressing them and taking like, no, I'm good at this and this is fun and mm-hmm. I love it. And this is an exciting part about being a mom and yeah. I can, I can get super excited about right. it now. Like right. where now those things aren't quite as important to me because mm-hmm. I have a bigger picture, but yeah. like yeah. at the moment I needed to hang on to cute hair bows. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Um pairing like good new traditions with unpleasant things. Mm. So as we were going, if you're going through something that you know is going to be a long process, mm-hmm. I think about like um, adoption, obviously, or, um, you know, some sort of terminal illness mm-hmm. or, or an illness where you're really going to have to fight and mm-hmm. it's going to be a process or just something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much unpleasantness to mm-hmm. that. If you can pair it with like a, a new fun tradition, yeah. a little silly thing, like we mm-hmm. go out to eat after our, um, adoption classes because mm-hmm. they were intense and emotional mm-hmm. and it was like okay we're gonna go get a beer and Got an appetizer afterwards yeah right just after that. little things that keep you life just feels heavy mm-hmm. in those times so little things that like lighten it balances that out a little For bit sure. um, and then celebrating along the way all yeah. of those you know milestones right. um yeah because sometimes i think um <clears throat> taking a minute yeah. to step out of it to look back and, yeah. and recognize well but but this is easier, at least, even if it's yes. a little, a little thing can just help offer a little bit of perspective. Even totally. it's not going to make everything better, but it can just yeah. give a little temporary leaf. Or- yeah. Yeah. Even just, um, you know, in the midst of like, we would have the girls and life just felt so hard, but it's like, no, but we have them mm-hmm. like they're here. And that mm-hmm. felt, that felt like an insurmountable mm-hmm. mountain at one point. Right. So like, let's not take that for granted. Right. Um, and yeah, so yeah, just staying present, which that's part of it. I don't think yeah. you can do that unless you take a break sometimes mm-hmm. and stop and look mm-hmm. at how things actually are. Because you start to globalize mm-hmm. and catastrophize everything mm-hmm. when life is hard. And so sure. stopping and being like, no, right now it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or all I need to do is pack lunches. Right. All I need, you know, just one thing at this a time. This little task in front of me. Yeah. And then just keeping a sense of humor, mm. um, which sometimes you got to fight for. Yeah. And I, I had never... Even in those those rough years of teaching, I had never felt like it was so hard for me to kept, keep a sense of humor about mm-hmm. things as I did during the adoption. Because mm-hmm. there was just a point where I was just so Ugh. scared and devastated by mm-hmm. the ups and downs and everything felt so hard that I had a hard time even yeah. laughing about things. And I was yeah. like, that's a big indicator for me yeah. that like... I need to shift some things here. Because you are so quick to be able to laugh at yourself or laugh at circumstances and just be able to make Make light or or find something that, you know, is funny because life can be so funny. But yeah, in that, that just feels heavy. Yeah. So it just, and and there was plenty to be, we were raising toddlers. I mean, there's plenty of hilarious things that come along with that. And when I felt like I could not even see the humor in that anymore. Or Jeremiah would point something out to me that they did that was funny or whatever. And I just felt like empty. Like I couldn't, you know, I was like, yeah, but this, Mm -hmm. you know, this thing Mm -hmm. is just weighing too heavily on me. And so I think that was a big indicator for me that Mm -hmm. like I needed to be proactive about some things and Mm -hmm. get shift my perspective and get help if I needed it. And, um, 
yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot. I have a lot it's of a tips. Lot. That's, that's <laughs> a really good. Um, let's see. So I kind of need a cracker. Okay. Yeah. That. Why don't you, <laughs> why don't you munch on a cracker while I go through some of mine? Um, so I kind of I kind of broke these down into kind of the different tough times, but for for my my job unhappiness, um, finding other outlets. That's actually when I started my blog, because that was a time to do some work, something where I was producing something that was so enjoyable that felt valuable mm-hmm. to me, and so yeah, um, and then actively looking for another job during that time, which mm-hmm. it is can be so hard and I have Mm -hmm. so much empathy for anyone who is unhappy in a job and like wants to find another one because working at a job that you are not really enjoying is so emotionally draining and then the act of you know updating your resume and looking at the jobs out there and writing a cover letter it's just it really isn't Mm -hmm. but I did find that if I could just okay, you know, task one, update my resume like that, kind of get some things in line Mm -hmm. so that then it was easier to browse for jobs and put together a quick application. It just felt like I was being proactive about it. So almost even the, just the mentally telling myself I'm actively looking for a job, that kind of helped a little bit. I feel like tough times can feel so, part of what makes them tough is they feel so out of your control. Exactly. And so little ways that you can be like, no, I can take control over this part of it. Exactly, exactly. Returning from maternity leave, one thing that really, really helped me was connecting with other moms and Mm -hmm. and especially other working moms Mm -hmm. that were working like traditional jobs where they're leaving their kids at daycare Mm -hmm. and doing the commute and all that stuff just just made me feel less alone because motherhood can be so isolating Mm -hmm. and you are so busy. It's so easy to not take that time to connect and to feel like, well, everyone else just, you know, is, has it easier exactly. is figuring it out or, or is not. just not upset or bothered by these things or is not so drained or yeah just makes it look so easy mm-hmm. that it's not hard for them to leave their kids at daycare or their work isn't stressful or whatever it is and I mean but you just you can't talk to any other mom without them you know sharing yeah, someone, something that's <laughs> everyone's tough. looking to share a tough exactly, thing yeah exactly um kind of similar that you said, just finding those little things, I would do something where in my day planner, I would just write down three little things that I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. That would kind of just be like my little quick remedy Mm -hmm. if I was kind of having a little bit of a hard time. And yeah, just trying not to take those big, big things for granted that I had a healthy baby, um, that I did have a job that really in so many ways I did enjoy being at, Mm -hmm. um, just little things like that. It just would kind of center me back Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and, and something during that time too, that Chris would, uh, really emphasize is that we always have options. Yeah. Just really reminded me of that because it can just feel like I'm stuck or this is just life now. Mm -hmm. And and just to be reminded that if we want to change something, we can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even just being presented with that option Mm -hmm. would help me, see things differently and see, okay, actually, you know, all taken together, I do want to be doing this even with the hard parts, because sometimes it can be easy to forget just your own agency and you might have more than you realize. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to step back and almost like reassess it. What a great supportive 
phrase from a spouse too because I feel like that can even be really hard where you feel like especially if maybe something is not as hard for them as it is Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. in whatever way um you feel like you don't want to come across weak to them or like you can't handle it and for them to it's such a gift to say Mm -hmm we have options and we can figure yeah. this out together. Right. Like exactly. I see that you're struggling and it doesn't have to stay this way. Right. You and know? it's not just you're unhappy. That's your thing. You yep. figure it out. Yep. It's like this. And is... don't you dare like impact my mm-hmm. life. It's, it's saying like, I'm willing to change things yeah. too, if it helps you out. And yeah. you know, that's a very powerful thing to say. It, it really, really helped. He even, I think we had like a little whiteboard in the kitchen. He like wrote it in Aww, big letters. So I love it. that just, that meant a lot to me. Um, For that really difficult spring that I talked about, um, you know, one of the things that was so difficult during that time, you know, like you said, having your your spouse just be your rock. And Mm -hmm. Chris is certainly like Chris and I are that to each other. We were both just simultaneously going through that hard time. And it was almost like I could recognize that he needed more support from Mm -hmm. me and I needed it from him, but I just didn't have it yeah. to give. Like it wasn't that I didn't want to, and right. it was just interesting. It just did feel like this just kind of separateness between us, which is mm-hmm. so not how we normally are. Um, that just felt foreign and a little bit scary. Yeah, that in and of itself feels mm-hmm. stressful. Yeah. So so that was just that was just so hard. Um really for that, it was just kind of time, although looking back at it. I wish that I had seen a counselor. I mm-hmm. think that uh, I think that partway through then I had realized, like maybe after I had a panic attack, I thought, okay, I, I need some outside resources. But it was kind of, you know, by that point to find a counselor, mm-hmm. to make an appointment, mm-hmm. like when you kind of need to see someone right now, mm-hmm. you're sometimes looking at a few weeks out and that just feels so kind of by that time, I think just because we got into the summer, um, just some time went Mm -hmm. by and things kind of evened Mm -hmm. out. Um, but I think that it did teach me that that like having a counselor to see is a resource that I want to have to have on call. Like preventatively, right? Like I feel the same way that I just, why wait until things are right? We're at that process now where nothing is bad, Mm -hmm. but we just feel like we're, you know, Mm -hmm still processing some things and mm-hmm. still whatever, but we haven't really found the right person. And yeah. we've, we have seen people sporadically throughout the process and uh-huh. just finding that person that's like, okay, maybe we see them once every six weeks when mm-hmm. things are fine. And then when things are situationally difficult, which mm-hmm. that's life, mm-hmm. um, you know, have that in yeah. our back pocket. So yeah, exactly. So this, this past year, um, you know, just kind of being, um, a bit stressed feeling like I had a little bit too much, you know, I, I used a phrase a few times and after I heard myself say it and just in my mind think of describing my life this way, I just would tell Chris, I feel like I'm drowning. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I'm barely keeping my head above water. Mm -hmm. And, and it was just a weird time too, because on the surface, there's so much good. Like it's weird. Like I'm not depressed. Like I am happy. I can point to all these things and I genuinely am enjoying so many aspects of my life. But at the same time, I feel like I'm barely holding Mm -hmm. on. It's like an energy thing. Like I, even the good takes a lot of energy. And so I, I just am out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, so kind of somewhere in there and then, and then kind of this year too, just with the 
just the political and just mm-hmm. world situation, mm-hmm. uh, just natural disasters and wars and just reading the news, there's a lot to worry about mm-hmm. and be anxious about. So anyway, I, yeah, I was proactive and I did find a counselor for me mm-hmm. and went a couple of times and that just really, really helped. Just yeah. even having something on my calendar where I knew that in two weeks I get to go have an hour that's just for me yeah. mm-hmm. and I can talk about whatever mm-hmm. I want in just this supportive space um, you know, that nothing that I say is going to be taken offense to because this isn't someone involved in my everyday life. That was just so, so helpful. And, and I will say that it was informative to me, just the process of finding a counselor, because Mm -hmm. like you said, you have to find someone that's a good match. You first have to hopefully find someone that takes your insurance. Mm -hmm. Are they conveniently located? Are Mm -hmm. they accepting new patients? It is, um, frustratingly difficult yeah. for something that is such an important especially resource. if you're in like you said not in such a good place yes. it's taking you all you can do to get out of bed yeah. and then you have to yeah it feels like this unfair mm-hmm. i mean really that's a whole other topic i guess about our mental health situation yes. in our country but yes. yeah it's very hard to be proactive when you're struggling mm-hmm. yeah it really is so so anyway but um but yeah no that really helped and then kind of having someone that like I kind of can have on call and I want to be more proactive about that. Um, and I think this past year too, just wherever I could control simplifying, like mm-hmm. we've talked about saying no to the mm-hmm. weekend commitments. Um, you know, just, just trying to say no in places where I yeah. could, where I felt like I had some control right. over that. Um, so oftentimes you can't predict when you'll get hit with a really tough season of life. And I think that is often what yeah. makes them really hard. <laughs> but do you think there are things that you can do to ease some of the difficulty the next time you encounter a tough season? Um, yeah. So I d- definitely I had this down to talk about like having a counselor on deck mm-hmm. and just being not even so much like I'm only going to call you when things are rough, right. but like that check in with yourself that... Um, you know, will hopefully put you just in a better overall state, even when life is going good Mm -hmm. so that you feel like the little things are managed Mm -hmm. and you have a good handle on your emotions and that you feel like your relationships are in a fairly good place, Mm -hmm. um, will definitely help versus entering a difficult situation, feeling already on E, Yeah, you know, um, when we started the adoption process, one, a really big piece of what they interview you about and kind of talk through with you and help you process is, because so many people come to adoption out of infertility mm. um, or other, you know, struggles starting a family that they want to make sure that there's been enough time. Like they want to know when you got your diagnosis, mm. how long you've processed. And, mm-hmm. and just because then if, if they see things that like, you're not quite ready to enter this, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. It's like a car wash. It feels like you're in a human <laughs> car wash of adoption yeah. already beat up, mm-hmm. you know? And so you need to take some time for that healing and that, that, yeah proactive part part of it mm-hmm. um but i think even just um knowing kind of those things for you this does this episode does go really well hand in hand with our like mm-hmm. taking the temperature uh-huh. of your life yeah being um really conscious of what for you indicates a problem mm-hmm. so that as soon as it starts you're like oh okay mm-hmm. this is going to be this kind of a thing right and these i know these things that i need to do to keep myself healthy mm-hmm. um I think that's super important so that you can ask for that help right away. Mm -hmm. So you can get those resources in line for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing things even like, you know, this, you know, you, you enter this tough season and it, 
it knocks you off your feet a little bit. And as soon as you get a breath, trying to find out ways to take things off your plate. Yeah. Okay. What else needs to go? Yeah. For now. Exactly. You know, um, I think we're so hesitant to do that because we don't want a difficult situation to define us or to control our lives. But Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is that stuff will start falling off anyways because you can only handle so much and you'll end up hurting feelings and you'll end up. That stress you out. Yeah. So just being really um, honest about what you can handle Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then just telling yourself a few things. Like I try to tell myself, like, I've been here or I've been harder. Mm. It's been harder than this Mm -hmm. and I survived and Mm -hmm. I can do it again. Mm hmm. Like there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Just telling yourself that. And Mm -hmm. then um, reminding yourself too, that this is life. Nobody gets through life unscathed. It's true. Like everyone has tough seasons. Everyone has tough seasons. The death rates hovering right around a hundred percent. Like there is no getting out of this thing. Like perfectly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the hard part about life, but it's also the beautiful part about Mm -hmm. life. If you let it be Mm -hmm. and that where it's not unique to you, Mm -hmm. you're not just, Yes, your particular struggle, you may not know somebody going through that exact same thing, but like the difficulty of life and Mm -hmm. those feelings are not unique to you. That is kind of what connects us all as people. Yeah, if you let it and not let it be an isolating thing for Mm -hmm. you. So Mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I was thinking of kind of like you said, practice asking for help and accepting help. Mm -hmm. And I think if we do that in our everyday lives, then you kind of, you're building that support Mm -hmm. network already. And then maybe it's not quite as difficult or you might kind of know who that friend might be that you could ask to pick up your kids from school or babysit spontaneously for you or, I just really need to get out of my house. Mm-hmm. Can you go take a walk with me? And maybe you've banked some of that for them when right. things were going, you know, be yeah. that friend for somebody else right. in their times. Right. Exactly. Um, like we talked about knowing of a counselor that you could, that you could see um, just because when you do really need one, it can be really hard to have the bandwidth to find one. Um, I just feel like I'm, I'm just finding more and more that I'm recommending that to friends. It just does feel like we're in this season of life where life is very full. Um, Just with kids um, just adds a level of, for me, some like worry and Mm -hmm. anxiety, but then stress in different ways Mm -hmm. that you haven't encountered before certainly can be stress on your relationship, your marriage, just anyway. Um, One thing that I feel like I kind of learned from this this past really busy kind of tough year about if, if you can anticipate that a season, a hard season is coming up. Like we knew when Chris was taking this job, we kind of had the Mm -hmm. benefit of knowing, okay, this is going to ramp up for you. And so we were, had a talk like, okay, Mm -hmm. like what is kind of going to be our game plan? We know we have this defined period of time and we really talked about like, um, okay, when when I've had a really stressful day and have so much going on, what would really be helpful for me, for you to tell me is, you know, t- to remind me like why we're doing this, mm-hmm. you know, like we chose for you to take this job and mm-hmm. we knew it'd be really busy, but for the short amount of time and like mm-hmm. help to see the bigger picture. And then, um, you know, I asked Chris then if you could maybe suggest to me, well, how about if I take the boys Saturday morning and you right. get a little bit of time yourself like that for me, if I know that I have a little yes. rejuvenation time coming up, I can like, okay, I can, I can power through then. the week here. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think that 
just, it was so interesting because I think those are things that he is, would gladly do, Mm -hmm. but his default might kind of be more likely to say things like, well, we've only got six months left. Right. And like, for me, that didn't really help very much. So I kind of need a little bit of a different frame. I want you to help me get to Saturday, not six months. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah. So, and if you can kind of recognize those things, like either like your red flags and also those go-to things that can be those you know, not going to solve everything, Mm -hmm. but just gives you a minute to kind of fill you up a little bit. Um, and then just like the, the very basics as it, like to whatever degree you have control over them, but getting good sleep as mm-hmm. much as possible, mm-hmm. eating good food mm-hmm. because it is so easy to reach for yes. those like comfort foods yeah. that feel good or at the fast time because you're yes. busy and stressed. Yes. But like overall, you're mm-hmm. just going to feel better. Like get some whole grains in there, get some vegetables mm-hmm. in there. Um, exercise mm-hmm. just for me, that is such a stress relief. And even if it is going for a walk right after bedtime right. or something, it just, I, I never feel worse after Mm -hmm. that, even if I don't really feel like doing it. Um, and connecting with people who love you, like you said, knowing those people that are just going to listen, yeah, Mm -hmm. that are going to just remind you that you can get through things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really like what you said too, about just having that bigger perspective, remind thinking of the other things that you've endured Mm -hmm. and gone through, even if it's not the same as what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. And I do find that I'll do that. I almost will sometimes like, see my life as a movie yeah starring me of yeah. course <laughs> it's very oscar self, award very self-indulgent <laughs> but i do just find that if i'm thinking of myself like a character in a movie i mean mm-hmm. a movie is not that interesting if there's yeah. if there's no turmoil yeah. going through and and so i think and how satisfying is it honestly to see a character get through this mm-hmm. difficult thing and come out on the other end and to have learned some life lessons, mm-hmm. but then to have just maybe a, a richer life experience or to learn something about themselves, or even if it ultimately is a sad thing, just the recognizing that that is part right. of the life experience, right. even if it is a really, really difficult thing. I don't know. Yeah. So sometimes just kind of stepping back in that way, yeah. I find will kind of help me know totally. like, okay, this is that really difficult montage yes. and it might still be going for yes. a little bit longer, but <laughs> eye of the tiger is exactly, still playing. <laughs> exactly. But it's going to end eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. What about if someone, if someone that you know is going through a tough time, what are, what are the ways that you try to support them? Okay. This one is one I have to work really hard at. Um, oh, really? I feel like you're great at this. I, well, this part of it. Okay. Listening more than I talk. Oh, okay. I feel like I think I have fairly decent advice <laughs> <laughs> and I like to just process out loud. And yeah. so I, I like to other, sometimes help other people process out loud. I and see. I, I've definitely just walked away from conversations feeling like, oh, I should have just listened more. Uh, I didn't need it. And I they may not have too. felt that way, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's always something I could be better at. And mm-hmm. have even texted sometimes and said, you know, I... I'm really sorry if I gave too much of my opinion mm. when you just needed to talk. Oh. Like, I just want you to know, I know That's I kind of ran of my mouth a lot yeah. or whatever, just so yeah. that they don't walk away feeling like, uh, she didn't even care about anything that right. I said, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and I get fired up. I am the person who will definitely ride the roller coaster right. with you. And so yeah. I get fired up for my friends. If it's something that makes them mad, I get sad yeah. with them. And I, yeah. I, um, which I think is good, but mm-hmm. yeah, I can mm-hmm. talk a lot. Um, <laughs> No fixing 
Mm. Just, I think that's something even, um, sometimes I, I feel like this comes up a lot in marriages and I hear other girlfriends say like that their husbands tend to want to fix the problem mm, and right. sometimes they just need to be in the problem yeah. or process that problem. Right. Um, so trying to stay away from f- trying to fix it for that person uh-huh. or shoulds like, right. well, you should just do this. Right. You should, if, if, if phrase should is in it for someone having a difficult time, just yeah. that's probably it's not a phrase of, that's helpful for them. Yeah. Um, and in that same way, trying to, um, it can be really hard if it's a spouse or a close family member. Like I think definitely the stress that we went through with the adoption was very difficult on some of our immediate family mm-hmm. um, and not quite quite knowing how to separate yeah. how it affected them mm-hmm. and their own grief or their own fears and mm-hmm. worries from what we were going through and support yeah. us at that same time. And that, and it's very tricky, admittedly. Right. Um, so I think as much as possible, what getting in the mindset of like, okay, at this moment, at least I'm allowed to have my feelings about mm-hmm. it, but at this moment, I'm going to focus on supporting them and what they need and not, mm-hmm. and just take myself out of the equation for a minute. Right. Um, helping in some practical ways that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with the problem. Maybe yeah. I think sometimes we think like, okay, well, if you're having a problem with your kid, maybe the problem is I need to babysit your kid. Right. And we just, we have to like get right in there when maybe mm-hmm. they just want you to like quietly drop dinner off at yeah. their door or right. something that just is, takes something else off their plate, yeah. but doesn't necessarily remind them of mm-hmm. the problem or the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, or that like, that they can just, that can be helpful whether they know they need it or not. Yeah. You know, nothing yeah. with any strings attached, nothing. Mm-hmm. Cause even visits sometimes or whatever, right. it just becomes like another stress for that person. So trying yeah. to think of some of those, mm-hmm. you know, how can I feed, feeding is always like a good one for <laughs> sure. me or just yes. like, I'm going to do your laundry while you're yeah. here and you don't even have to talk to me, like go take a nap right. or yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then just saying things, something that my sister-in-law said to me when we, I don't even remember exactly what it was. I think it was just like getting some hard news mm-hmm. about the adoption and that it was going to be delayed like at least another year. Oh. Um, and she just said to me, I'm sad with you. Mm-hmm. And that was like, ugh, mm-hmm. makes me cry. Yeah. That I try to remember that all the time with people. Like mm-hmm. if someone has lost somebody or... Um, you know, even a pet, just what I, there's no words for stuff like that yeah. other than like, I will sit here in this with you. Yeah. So, yeah. And Aww. things like just saying like, that's so hard. Yeah. That's yeah. just hard. I don't, ha- you don't have to say you understand cause you might not. Right. You don't have to say, I can't imagine. Cause then it feels like, right. Okay. Yeah. You can't imagine you're right. You've never been through this. Right. You know, exactly. it just feels like there's certain phrases that kind of trigger people that are already stressed where if you just say that's so hard, yeah, that's gotta be so hard for you. Just validating. Yeah. Just yeah. validating. And like, I think like you said, um, I think because there's such good intentions behind it and maybe sometimes, especially if it's like a social media thing, just yeah. like a quick phrase, but it does seem like a lot of those kind of cliches or the quick yes. things that people go to um, are almost trying to fix it or, yeah. or put snap out of it. Yeah. Or like put some positive spin on mm-hmm. it in a way. And sometimes it, it, and it's just like you're, that, that is so hard and, mm-hmm. and just acknowledge it be very invalidating mm-hmm. for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, just saying like, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. I know you don't feel like it, mm-hmm. but you are. Like, yeah. I'm just telling you as someone looking from the outside, right. yeah, this is hard, but you're also doing a great job at this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
That's it. Um, so one thing that I try to remember is just to do something, mm-hmm. even if it's a really small gesture. Mm-hmm. And there have been, I think, just a couple of times where someone was going through something really difficult and it was someone like not like a best friend, but close enough in my family circle Mm -hmm. or friend circle that I felt like I need to do and I want to do more than like a card, but I wasn't sure exactly what to do. And so then I didn't make the time to do Mm -hmm. it. And And then you end up doing nothing. And I ended up doing nothing and felt really crappy about that, where I should have just sent the card just to do something to acknowledge. acknowledge. And then, of course, there's always time to do like a bigger gesture. Mm -hmm. But so I think just from those and then I'll try to find them a couple of blog posts that I've come across talking about how like what to do when somebody loses someone mm-hmm. or just is going through a really mm-hmm. hard time, just kind of giving some really great practical guidance mm-hmm. um, or how to write. Yeah, like here's what you card. write in the card. Even. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now I try to just always have a few sympathy or blank cards on hand mm-hmm. so that I can just send something out, you know, right then yeah. and, and get something out right away. Um, I guess another like something that I, I try to remember that I think was something that I read from one of those blog posts was just, um, especially if somebody lost someone mm-hmm. to try to like re- remember that anniversary, mm-hmm. if that's someone in your close circle, mm-hmm. just because, um, yeah, they'll just need some extra love yeah. during that time. So and that, just, that pain doesn't just go away. Yeah. Because it's... And just to kind of show like, I'm, I'm still thinking of you. Mm-hmm. It's still okay. If this is hard. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just the other, the other little practical things, like you said, I feel like, you know, uh, the simplest thing, whether it is a bag of your favorite snacks from somewhere, mm-hmm. just something really easy, or you want to make a meal or bake mm-hmm. something, but I just think just doing something, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and really if, if it is nothing more than even like just a text or like mm-hmm. I try to, if I see something on social media if it's someone that I'm not really close to I will try to like just send them a direct message Mm -hmm. so it's not just like a comment but Mm -hmm. a little bit longer of a message to just try to express something so yeah so just doing something I like that all right let's (laughs) move on to something a little lighter (laughs) what obsessions do you have okay so this is a weird one but I don't know if I'm just I have this obsession and I feel this pressing need to get our summer schedule figured out oh i am thinking about that too like it's just partly because summer is such a unstructured time yes (laughs) that number one number two i really like my kids to be at school and they won't be right (laughs) let's just be real um i have since they have been in school this year Uh like started a job that is pretty demanding of my time hours so i'm like what when am i doing those things now that they're home and they're older where we can have some time where like okay this is quiet time this is a movie time whatever but i'm gonna need more than that so i'm kind of obsessed but i i did i just turned worry into work okay got got proactive about it um so I did book, we booked our summer vacation because I needed those things yes. too. Last summer felt like everything was kind of up in the air with moving right. into the new house and the summer got really long mm-hmm. and we just didn't have time for some of those things. And so um, we booked our beach vacation. We also booked a um, 
cabin weekend, like a three day oh, weekend yeah. up in Pine Top. And so that escape the heat. Yeah. I just, we always talk about wanting to do that. There's the cabin that I'd had my eye on for a while that somebody I follow on Instagram has. It's just so cute. And she was, she was running a special. And so I said, okay, Perfect. we're doing it. That's on the calendar. Yep. I need to book a swim lesson. I yeah. need to like, I just have these things yeah. floating in my head right. that I need to just like, Right. I need to look where are the VBS, like wh- exactly. I, where are the exactly. free weeks we'll where I can We'll just go on a VBS out. tour exactly. around the valley while we're driving exactly. to Avondale. <laughs> oh, not just our church friends, all the churches. All the churches. <laughs> Do you send, have snacks? Perfect. <laughs> I will drop so, them off. <laughs> so yeah, I just need, I feel the need to have a game plan Yeah. yeah. because it's hard as, as a mom yeah. with your kids off school, number one. And then also here this summer is extra hard. Like yes. this is our like... Okay, it's not the, up, go, it's not the going to the park. Like you really no. have to be very thoughtful about yeah, the activities. Some activities need to involve water yep. or indoors. indoors. So yeah, I'm just feeling like a bit of an obsession with that yeah. where I need to just like sit settled. down and put like print out like a three month yep. <laughs> calendar layout yep. and figure it all out. Okay. So yeah, that's you've, my got, you've got some time. It's good that you're thinking about it yes. now, but it, it's time. It's time. But it's good. You've time has arrived. Yes. Okay. Um, my obsession is a book series that I've been obsessed with for a while, and I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, so I wanted to share it. So these are the mystery novels by Louise Penny. I started them. Did you? Mm-hmm. At oh, your man. recommendation. I'm in, oh, I'm in book one right now. Okay. So this is a mystery series. I have never read a mystery series before, mm-hmm. but it is apparently a whole genre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go figure <laughs> knew, that other people are obsessed with because every this this author so far has I don't know 12 or 13 books in her mm-hmm. series I mean there's a wait list for every single mm-hmm. one in the library and this to me was so funny because I was like how are there I've never heard of these books how are there that many people that have heard of these books that yeah. there's a wait list yeah. for every one so I feel like it was just a whole new world um, and you know, I don't like gory things. I don't like scary things. So that's why I'd never kind of explored the mystery genre right. before. But so what I'm kind of learning about it, um, <laughs> at, at least for this series. So it's the setting and the characters are just so, so important. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a cute and cozy setting. Mm-hmm. Cozy is an important word in mm-hmm. these books too. That is like a main theme as well. So it's set up in Canada, not too far from Montreal, in this quaint little made-up village, mm-hmm. a whole cast of quirky but lovable characters. I was going to ask you, do the characters return? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Because so, I'm falling in love with them, and then I was yeah. worried it was going to be like a completely nope. different town the next time. Nope, so nope, nope. Okay. It's all, it's all set in the same place, and the characters return, so then you just get richer into those relationships Perfect. and things. Um, it's this, the same chief inspector Mm -hmm. who's investigating it Mm -hmm. these are the inspector gamash i think Mm -hmm. that's kind of how they're known as that series that series um and so he returns every time he is just this kind of professorial just Mm -hmm. upstanding gentleman um kind of the sherlock yeah he's very sherlock yes you just love him and you just know that he's going to do the right thing and figure things out so they are just incredibly cozy um if you are squeamish about violence and things need not worry kelsey approved (laughs) kelsey approved Uh it's often like uh by page 14 some character you know, that you've never heard of before. They don't really care that much about, yes. well, suddenly they die. You're not invested yet. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, all right, great. We got that mm-hmm. over with. And now we just get to see like the right. clues and everything. Right. And and I do find when I'm reading it, just the way that she writes it, you are just, is that a clue? 
oh, is yeah. that a clue? Could it be yeah. done this way? And so it's just really fun. So yeah. I kind of request them from the library. And like I said, there's a wait list. So then when I get a text that one is available, it's like this surprise treat. Uh-huh. And I just kind of drop whatever else I'm reading and for the next three days, just because it's just like that. an easy read yeah. and everything. Yeah, oh, I am so about fun. halfway through the first one. Okay. And I just bought it because I knew you yeah. said there was a wait list. Didn't and I'm like, wait. no, I'm going to forget that this yeah. is just like a fun little yes. side read. So yes. I wanted to get one and then get into it. Yes. And then I'll request them. It's but. fun. And you know, I haven't tried listening to them, but I bet that would be I really I bet you that would be too. good. Yeah. Maybe I'll try that. All right. Um, do you have any neighborhood news? I've got something to share. Okay. okay share. So you know how our fondue guy on the corner and just all around, they hold these signs and kind of the point. The fondue guy. He's still got that same ready. Yeah, it's still, still the guy. Sign. But anyway, but it's just, I mean, this it's a, a nationwide phenomenon. And yeah. I really don't understand how it's effective use of marketing dollars at all. Because they only have, they just pay some like 15-year-olds. Right. Like five bucks an hour probably. And I do just it. don't think I have ever patronized a place because they're like oh look no. well they've got a dancing sign guy it catches my attention there. and then immediately i'm like not going there <laughs> exactly <laughs> well this wasn't in just our immediate neighborhood but somewhere probably on our way to daycare or something like that there was a guy holding a sign i can't remember for what i can only describe it as interpretive dance oh he had his headphones in and who knows what he was <laughs> listening to but i mean this was like jazz interpretive dance like he would go like real slow and like hold a pose and i mean he was just so into it we were stopped at a stoplight chris was like look at that guy it was not just just sign twirling oh no like i mean he was like i feel like he was like practicing for an upcoming audition of like some really dramatic dancing and so we just stopped and we just enjoyed watching him he was and he was dressed in like all black too anyway it was very, very entertaining. Very fancy. <laughs> All right. I All think right. I that, think that's everything we've okay. got. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. You know where you can find us on Instagram. We're Hi Girls Next Door. And find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook. Our website is girlnextdoorpodcast.com. And our email address is Door at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. I just changed it to a good chat and a good chat. Get it together, Erica. (laughs)